Hello, and welcome back to episode eight of the Stuff I Like podcast with me, Sherry. Okay, so as promised, I am going to talk about what I promised on the last episode. My friend said I had to talk about this. And the topic is working from home. So I've done working from home or working remotely before it was even a thing, before the panini happened. And by panini, of course, I mean pandemic. So at any rate, I had done this since about 2017, maybe 2016, I want to say. And how it all started was I was working at a client and I'd been there for about six months. And all the people that I was dealing with were either overseas or in the U.S. Nobody was living in Canada, not let alone in Quebec. And I just felt like I was going to the office and not meeting with anybody. I wasn't talking to anybody at the office. I just had colleagues around me that would chit chat and, you know, start your day with, how are you? Oh, the weather's really good today. No, it's going to be bad tomorrow. You know, useless blather. So I would go into the office for that chat with them during lunch, then go home. And all of my calls would be done in conference rooms with these people overseas or from the, from the States. And some of my colleagues were actually getting a little annoyed that I was always on the phone with them, like hours and hours of talking because that's my job. That's literally my job is to talk to these people. So they would give me like side eye looks like, why are you on the phone so long? And I'm like, because I'm working, okay? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I'm working because that's just what I do. I have to be on the phone. That's it, which I really hate, but you know, what can you do? And even worse, we were in this open space working situation. You know, it's ridiculous. Basically, they have this huge gym-like atmosphere with tables and these flimsy little cubicle walls, you know, like a gerbil, sort of gerbil cubicle. And Everybody can hear everybody's business. So you can't talk too loudly. You can't joke around. Only managers got offices. Total BS, frankly, because they weren't even on the phone in conferences. They were in conference rooms doing stuff. They just had an office so that they could close the door and do whatever so that people couldn't see them. But people like us working, everybody could see your screen so you couldn't slack off at work, which I don't love, by the way, because everybody needs a bit of slack time. And then everybody could hear you talk as well. So not only would you bother everybody, you also just couldn't get stuff done because you would hear other people bothering you at the same time. So a bunch of the people that I had that I was working with at the time were, like I said, overseas. They were in Belgium. So I would call them and we would talk and we would get stuff done and so on. And it got to the point where after six months, I said to myself, self, why are you going to the office? You're dressing up. Okay, it's cute to wear a new outfit every day, but the makeup the making of the lunch, the wrangling the toddler into his clothes and getting him into the car and in the car seat and unbuckling him and bringing his lunch. And it was becoming an ordeal. I felt like a, a Sherpa, you know, I was carrying two lunch boxes, my work bag, my personal bag, his, his bag, his book. No, I was carrying a lot of stuff. And obviously he was too small to help me with any of this. I, what I needed was maybe a little cart or something, but Anyway, at any rate, I thought, why am I doing this? I mean, I don't mind going to the office once in a while for big meetings where we need a whiteboard and we need to all be there and flesh something out on you know, the big whiteboard, like I said, but I don't see the point of me going in. So I just stopped going in. So now to preface this, before I go any further, I am a contractor. This means that I'm not an employee of the company or any client that I'm working for. So in the eyes of Canadian tax laws, I'm not treated as an employee. This means I also don't get vacation days. I don't get sick days. I don't get personal days. I don't get to just be like, hmm, 
don't feel like working today. See you later. And then they just have to keep paying you. That doesn't work for me. I have to be there to be able to make money. The days that I don't work, I don't get paid. But this also means I have other perks. I have flexibility in choosing where I want to work and how I want to work because that is literally written in the tax code that a contractor is basically not an employee. So if employees get perks like on-site massages, like free lunches and so on, contractors generally are not allowed such perks, even discounts on company products and stuff like that, which is fine. I don't care. I'm making bank. I can buy my own products, okay? The problem is that when you're working for these clients, they think that you're like an employee, so you don't get any of the perks of an employee, but they treat you like one, but they think it makes up for it because you're making so much more money than, uh, than as an employee. So I see their point. However, I also don't see their point because they don't pay my dental and they don't pay my eye care, which are two very big expenses for many people. So short recap. Canada does have universal health care. It just doesn't cover dental and eye care, which, as you all know, is quite expensive. It does now cover dental care for children under 12 with families of a certain income and so on, but I haven't looked into that because I just haven't. But suffice it to say, I don't get all the perks as an employee, and nor should I because I'm a contractor. I'm not your employee. I'm not hired by you. I also don't get an RSP, meaning I don't have any contribution room to pay into this retirement plan. So I have to save for my own retirement, which I would have done anyway, even if I was an employee. But that's, that's just me because I'm a money nerd. Most people wouldn't do this. Most people need a company to force them to save, right? So back to my work from home story and how this all started. So I stopped going to the office and I would show up maybe once a week. Then it became once every two weeks. Finally, I just stopped showing up altogether because it was so much better working from home. So much better. And so near to the end of the year, the manager of my team corners me in the cafeteria and she says, Sherry, we need to talk. I said, sure, what's up? She says, well, basically everybody's getting a little upset that I'm letting you work from home and they're not allowed to work from home. I said, uh-huh. Do they know that you're not letting me work from home, that I'm choosing to work from home? And she said, well, no, but that's really, uh, she kind of just stumbled around trying to tell me what was happening. And she said, basically, you, you have to stop working from home. You're not allowed to do that anymore. I said, okay, so here's my two weeks notice. And she said, what? I said, yeah, here's my two weeks notice. If I can't work from home, then I can't work for you. She says, oh, but why? I said, because I can choose where I want to work. So if you don't want to let me work from home, I don't want to work here. I mean, listen, so in my head, I'm thinking, can't you make the connection? If I don't get to work from home, I don't want to work for you, you know, end of discussion. And she just kind of fumbled and hemmed and hawed, and she didn't or slash couldn't let me go because I was working on something really major at the time. And she said, well, but it's becoming a problem for the other people because they don't think it's fair that you're working from home all the time and they're not allowed to. I said, but that's your problem. This sounds like a you problem. This sounds like a company policy problem because clearly we can work from home. You have people overseas working from home. They're working remotely with people like me and all the other people in the office. So I'm not sure why they're not allowed to work from home, frankly, because I'm proof positive that it can be done. Am I still delivering? She said, yes. I said, are my results still good? Yes. Have there been any complaints about my work product? No. I said, okay, so what's the problem? And she was really, really not happy about this answer, but she couldn't do anything. 
So I guess she went back to these grumbling employees, my colleagues who are all sitting around me in this little cubicle farm, and she told them, well, you know, she's a contractor and she can do what she wants. Because I did tell her, listen, in the eyes of Revenue Quebec, I'm basically a contractor, which means I'm a non-employee, which means I get to choose, and I quote, to be able to work anywhere I want in the manner that I choose to work in, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but there is literally something written in the tax code regarding contractors, and that they're able to choose their place of work. And I choose home, so. Then I also cited all these other people that were working overseas, I named them, and she said, well, but there's special exceptions. They were working here before they moved overseas, and so they're allowed to work from home. I said, listen, I'm not buying this because I'm also working here, and now I'm allowed to work from home. So you're telling me if I move to Brazil or out of country somewhere in the middle of nowhere, I'd be okay to work remotely, but not if I'm in the city and I have to come into the office because the office is also in the city? She said yes. I said, that's nonsense. But suffice it to say, I didn't get fired that day, but they did start looking for somebody to replace me. So then I started interviewing my replacement. They tried to phrase it like, we're looking for an assistant for you, somebody you can train who's an employee of the company so that they can take over in case anything goes wrong. I saw the writing on the wall, y'all. I saw it, I saw it coming. I knew I was gonna get replaced. And I thought, okay, you wanna play it like this? We're gonna play it like this. I interviewed all these people. I put them through the ringer just to check to see if they had any basic knowledge of what I was doing and none of them, none of them were remotely competent. I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. None of them had the expertise required to take over for me. And I said, you can hire them if you want, but they're not gonna do the job. They don't know what they're doing. In fact, some of them actually came in and specifically said that they wanted to be the manager of me. And I was like, what? I said, I hope you know that this position is not a managerial one. This position is to actually do the job. And she said, oh, no, no. I want to be the manager of the team, not the team member. I'm good at directing people. I'm good at managing those people, but I don't want to actually do the job. I said, okay. Then I turned to the same manager that cornered me in the cafeteria, and I just looked at her and I said, well, what do you think? She said, mm, I think not, because I feel like she's not quite what we need. I said, okay, I mean, up to you. I'm not the one hiring them. I'm not paying them out of my pocket, you know? You do you. Long story short, they couldn't find anybody. And then they hired an outside consulting company that specialized in my area, and they tried to get them to take over for my... The minute I heard that they were hired and they would be starting the next day, I gave them my notice. I said, I'm leaving. They said, oh, oh, but you have to stay and train these new guys. I said, pardon me. You think I'm going to stick around and train this external consulting company on how to do my job? I think not. Because let's not forget that I'm also a company. I'm actually the CEO and president of my own company, and this is my business. I'm not training somebody who's gonna profit off my knowledge and my expertise to be your stand-in for me because you don't wanna hire me anymore. If you want to hire this company, then they should know what to do, right? Or your people should be able to take over and teach them what needs to be done, and they're gonna pick it up the same way that I picked it up because nobody taught me when I joined this company to be able to, to do this job. I did it myself because I have experience from other companies and I know what I'm doing. And I also said, frankly, it was gonna take three people to replace me because I'm doing three different specialties in one. That's why everything goes really quickly with me because I understand everything. And I understand everything from all the different perspectives, not just one part back and forth. So what happened was that they had asked 
the consulting company, hey, how long do you think it's going to take to do a, this deliverable for this client? And they came back and said, it's going to take three months based on what you're telling me as the requirements. <laughs> I tell you. The director in another department, who's really the director that I was working for, but he wasn't in charge of me because I was under a different branch, office politics. At any rate, he told me later that they told him three months, and he said, well, that's unacceptable. He said, today, we're doing it every week. So three months, it's being done in one week by our one consultant. And the company was like, that's impossible. He said, I don't know what to tell you, but that's what she's doing. She's doing one a week. She's delivering every single week for all of the different clients, a different client every single week. That's what she's delivering. And you're telling me each of these clients is now going to take three months? Please, no. They said, well, that's not possible. We can't do one client in a week. And I thought, of course you can't, because you don't have my knowledge. This is why you pay professionals. You shouldn't hire an amateur to do a professional's job. You're just going to pay twice. In fact, it might even be worse, because then a professional is going to step in and be like, what the f you know, did you do? And they're going to have to redo everything. So I don't see the point of wasting money. Anyway, I ended up quitting, and that was the beginning of my most beautiful career of working from home. And for the next client, I did exactly the same thing. I showed up diligently, like an eager beaver, every single day for the first three months, and then I dropped off the face of the earth, and you never saw me in the office again. The commute wasn't that bad either. It was maybe 15 minutes. It was maybe 15 minutes to the previous client and to that client that I was on. I just didn't want to go because it's a hassle. You got to get up early. You got to be in traffic, get your lunch. You know, I'll do it once in a while. I don't mind going once a month or for a big meeting, but I can't do this every day. You can't make me come in every day. I just can't. Then out of miracle of all miracles, I ended up on this project. And actually, I wasn't supposed to even join this project because they initially approached me a year and a half ago before I started. And they said, oh, do you want to join? And they gave me some super low rate. And I was like, listen, I'd rather stay at home and eat bonbons <laughs> and not work than to go for this rate. I said, I don't need the money, dude. You know, I'm just going to stay home, okay? But then they got a really, really desperate a year and a half later. And then they gave in to my rate. And now look at me. I'm still here, still working. And I've been 100% remote. I've never gone to the office once in all the times that I was working. I've only been to a client site once, not this client, another client that they're actually helping. Anyway, I've only been to their offices once. Actually, no, I went to two offices, sorry, in one day. So I spent one day meeting one person, my manager from this project, in three, almost four years. And it's been glorious. And now they all know that I will never, ever, ever go to the office. I can show up and meet you guys once. Okay, if you really need to see my face, I will go and see you, but I don't really want to. And don't ask me to come in for meetings unless they're big ones. And even if they're big ones, I don't come, you know, I don't want to be there because there's so many people. Then you have to smile and make conversation. And I just, I can't, I don't have that kind of energy. I can do it for one day, but even one day it takes it, it takes it out of me, you know? So long story short, I don't work in the office anymore. And that's why I want to really keep this contract. I love working from home. It's the best thing ever. And this client is super nice. They're so nice. I love 
working for them and I like doing a good job and I enjoy the challenging work and I may complain from time to time and so on but you know if a job doesn't have a little bit of pressure stress and a little bit of a challenge then it gets boring what do you do all day you know you need something to fire you up so yeah I love this contract I hope I never never ever leave and that's it. That's the topic that my friend begged me to talk about on my podcast, how I became work from home. I started it before it was a thing, but mostly because I didn't give an F. I said to myself, I don't want to go back to the office and you can't make me. And I really like working from home and I don't mind going once a week if I have to, you know, to socialize, drink some tea, hang out, chit chat, but not to actually work. No, you can't. I like being at home in my own space with my fridge nearby, a bathroom, doing laundry, you know, all that stuff. It's the good life now. So that's it. Hope you guys have a really great day or night. Talk to you soon.